Lads, we are back as well as Patrick is here. He's returned to the show. He does. I think you tested negative yesterday for COVID. So, but you don't feel great. Beside that, how have you been, my friend? How did you enjoy the deadline? Uh, no, it was uh, it was very good. Um, I got a chance to watch it. And it took a while for stuff to get going. Um, and I thought I don't want another deadline. But then I, the deadline that's really slow. And then I remember last year in the last hour, it was just a flurry of moves, and I didn't feel like everything happened at once. It was actually pretty steady. Whenever yeah. things kind of felt dry, then there was another move and another move. Um, as a Habs fan, I loved it. Um, everything I wanted to an extent happened. And um, I think for most teams, it was pretty productive. I think that's, that's very fair. I can think of maybe one or two teams off the top of my head that didn't make a lot of moves. I think for a while, Dallas didn't do anything. Uh, we will talk about LA. I wish I wish they were doing some media and version was doing it. All the prices were too high. I can hear it now. Yeah. Um, we're going to go alphabetically here and just sort of talk on all of it. But you know, um, we can start with Anaheim here. Daniel, you must be happy because going out, there's Hampus Lindholm. There goes Ricard Raquel. There goes Joss Manson. Even Nick Delorier got some stuff. And they got so much back. The rebuild is off to a great start, isn't it? Yeah, I love that. Uh, he really, like Pat Verbeek came in. We mentioned it before. Fresh start with everything. He has no connections from 2005 onwards. And he just maximized the value for a lot of these pending UFAs that he really sold high on Hampus Lindholm. I know that there was a lot of speculation that the bid for that was just going up and he was able to get a lot of assets for it. Like I know there's Uro. I forgot how to say his last name. Uro Vakaninen. Vakaninen that I know that he was a lottery pick and he never really had many opportunities in Boston. And then now he goes to a team where he's going to get some minutes. It's the same thing as Axel Anderson in the Andre Kasha trade. Um, bunch of draft picks there. And yeah, I don't know. It was, it, he is a great player, but, once I saw the eight-year extension, yeah, I knew that, no, there's no way they're going to give him that. And for the other guys you picked up, I know Nick Delorier, he great leader guy, um, got a solid pick out of him. I was vouching for a low second, but I'll, oh, Daniel. I'll, yes, I'll go with the third. I'll go with the third. Daniel, I, these prices, I don't understand these half these prices at all. That, that second round, but listen, it's probably realistic, but you I don't understand You make a good point. It. Because it felt like the Josh Manson deal was it was the second in Drew Hellison. Yeah. It felt like that was the first sign of it was going to be this buyer's market. Then Florida, and we'll get to Ben Chirot, happened, and then the market exploded. I don't remember the last time we've seen so many firsts and seconds moved at the deadline. Quick note on Delorier, good for Anaheim, because I think when Montreal dealt him there, it was a fourth or a fifth. So uh, they're seeing big returns there. I'm, uh, I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah. Um, do you have a note you want to talk about on Anaheim there, Patrick, or? No, I think I think that's I know we haven't gotten to winners or losers yet, but I think that's one where that's a sneaky winner. Um, and it kind of reminds me of Montreal's de- or what Montreal didn't do at the 2020 deadline before COVID happened and everyone wanted them to sell because they weren't quite in it. Mm. Is that, I don't know if that's I'm getting the, right, the year right, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I think good on good on um, Anaheim for acknowledging. I guess technically they could make a push, but. Even if they do, they're not beating Calgary, L.A., um, Vegas, Vancouver even looks really good. And Anaheim has really slipped. Trevor Zegers has fallen off. So um, I think to acknowledge that and get rid of some of those guys and sell high while you can and get futures, but also get good roster players as well. I think that's a big win for them. And um, that's a sneaky winner for me. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs at this rate, just with the way 
um, the Pacific is shaping up. So um, mm-hmm. good for them. And it just, it just reminds me because Montreal was in that sixth spot that year. And I was like, sell Tatar, sell Deneau, sell Petrie. You know, that was before their, their big uh, extensions kicked in. And they didn't do that. And I felt that that was sort of a, a, a faster retool job by uh, by Anaheim to get those futures. Drew Hellison, fantastic pickup, getting rid of Lindholm, who did not want to sign um, for that return. I, I think it's great. I think Anaheim did a really good job. Mm-hmm. A very strange deadline for Arizona. They didn't trade Phil Kessel. Lawson Cross wasn't dubbed, but we maybe had a sense leading up to the deadline that he wasn't get, uh, wasn't going anywhere. Um, Vichmelka got extended. Um, but what they do bring in the overall sort of pictures of things, they sell off guys like Johan Larson. We know about the Labushkin deal uh, and all that. Uh, they bring in some picks, but it really is sort of, at least for me, they bring in the Brian Little contract, which is a year shorter than Shea Weber's contract. We'll get to that a little later. Um, and they bring in Jack McBain, which I think Habs fans were kind of hoping was going to happen on their end too. Um a little weird there. I thought maybe they would sell off a bit more. Maybe they weren't like liking prices. Oh, and I should probably mention the big fish. Uh, Jacob Chickering seems to be holding on. That's probably a summer move. Uh, what do you guys think of Anna? Uh, not Anna, Arizona. I, I mean, like, I think they did pretty, pretty good considering, like, if you look at um, their current roster and what they gave up, I, I, I just... I don't know what else they could have given up. Like I look at guys like Beagle Roussel, they're both injured. Uh, Dimitri Eskins also injured. It's just, they got as much as they could. And I think I was, uh, I was listening today on my way home uh, about Phil Kessel. It it seemed to be the issue was his cap hit, which is 6.8. And I'm not good at math, but 50% is, I believe 3.4. Um, we have a trade, guys. I just thought you might want to know. Um, okay. How big just... of a deal is it? Oh, no, it's the Dodonov deal. Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. Yeah, uh, it's Dodonov and a... Okay, sorry. Between Anaheim and LA. Uh, Las Vegas, sorry. Dodonov and a second in 2023 or 2024 for John Moore and Ryan Kessler's contract. I had no clue Ryan Kessler was still under contract, but that's, yeah, that's... really good to know. It was talked about a little today that I think maybe around like five-ish they talked about it. Okay, so a Dodonov second for John Moore and Ryan Kessler's contract. Hey, that's okay. interesting. Okay, yeah, no, we can we can take a if can one of you just quickly take a note of that. We can talk about it a little later. It's like I think it's the only big trade I don't have down here. Um, but yeah, no, you look at it. You know what? Uh, what did they bring in the second that they gave up for? Like I think it was Vancouver second this year for McBain wasn't bad. Um, and that, that was like a big thing for them is, hey, there, you can get a roster spot. It's not like the arenas. I think somebody was joking McBain at the arena he plays. I forget which school he plays for, um, but the average attendance is 11,000. So cut that in nearly a third. And that's how ASC is going to be. Uh, so, yeah, I like that they got a little something for Johan Larson, too. I don't know. That's just like a sneaky, like yeah, fine pick. depth player for them. Um, but if we move to Boston here, they get Hampus Lindholm and they give him the big eight year extension. Uh, it's, it's a, what'd you guys, Patrick, what'd you think of the contract? I don't hate it. And that's, I know it's an unpopular take right now. I really like campus Lindholm. I know his offense sort of fell off, um, after his rookie year or at least his sophomore season, cause he was really offensive, but as his offense fell off, he really emerged into like a really solid two way, um, defenseman, very good defensive numbers, very good offensive numbers. 
Um, obviously you want him to put up points. He hasn't really been able to do that. Um, he's someone that last year and the year before, I really wanted Montreal to consider trading because he was on a good contract. He was still relatively young. Um, with the cap going up 6.5, 6.5, correct? Um, 6.5 yeah. isn't that bad. And you now set up McAvoy with a good left-handed partner um, who's mobile for the next, almost the next decade. Um, I like it. Um, Boston always seems to get that that guy every deadline. Last year it was Hall. Um, they had a sneaky acquisition or uh, signing in Craig Smith uh, two summers ago. They always seem to get the right players um, at the right time. As far as the rest of their deadline, like Seneshin didn't work out. Um, getting Josh Brown into depth defenseman, the rest of the moves are really nothing moves for me. But um, I expected them to get someone maybe for their top nine, um, considering what, and that for a lot of teams, really considering what Domi went for, I'm surprised. Um, the bidding wasn't a little bit higher, maybe a team like uh, Toronto to get Domi team like Boston. I thought Boston would have done a, something else to get a bit more offense, but overall, I love, I love the Lindholm edition. I think it's really solid. Domi is interesting. Cause you can just, he feels like a Bruin the way he plays, you know, he's got that skill, but if he just turns on his father's jeans, uh, yeah. you know, exactly what Domi's going to be like. And when he's not fourth line winger, like he was again in the, in the playing round a couple of years ago, eh, you know, uh, I don't like them getting Josh Brown. Uh, did you guys see what, uh, how he, how he just creamed Michael, Pizzetta, uh, Michael Pizzetta the other day? Yes. Yeah. Not great. It was, uh, wasn't a penalty. And I don't think there was any, uh, any discipline to it. Uh, you mentioned the Zach Sanishin thing. Uh, Sanishin. End of an That's, era. Uh, guys. Yeah. Yeah. No. So who was it? So he, it's him. DeBrusque, who it looks like he wasn't moved. Looked like a summer move. Who's the third guy again? The Vakaninen. Oh, no, Zaboro. Isn't oh okay it's a ball. I thought where, it was back in nine. Where is the Borel now? Is he still in the team? Or? He's still in the, well. He's injured, right? Uh, the three that were drafted, yeah. or who was moved? The three, three that were drafted the, of the three. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's a ball. It's a ball. It's, he's it's, injured. It's looking worse. <laughs> looking worse and worse. That's unfortunate. Uh, we won't spend too much time on Buffalo because they they got a six for Robert Hag. Get an asset. Why not? Robert Heck. You know, I, I made a little list a couple of days ago of just sort of all the teams and where I had them. And I had Buffalo as a conservative seller. It looks it's going well there the past couple of weeks. I don't think they did to mess of anything. It didn't really feel likely that Craig Anderson would go anywhere. It seemed like a good locker room there. See, I don't think Buffalo needed to do too much. Not to mention, I don't know what else they could have sold. Um, but yeah, a Calgary. Uh, one of the buyer, the arms race that's, that was going on in this deadline was great. Uh, I did cheat a little bit. I went to the first big move of the year, which was Tyler Toffoli. Uh, so they bring in Ryan Carpenter's death move. Apparently, they almost got Matthew Perot, but I guess the time just ran out on that. Uh, they bring in Callie Yarncroke for the bottom six. And we obviously talked about you know, Tyler Toffoli. They keep prospects like Pelletier and all that. Um, they are suiting up the Flames and... Uh, my goodness, I can't wait to see whoever they have to face in the first round. It's going to be, uh, what was it Dara Sutter said a couple of weeks ago, like talking about the wild card team that's going to face Colorado. going to be like a waste of eight days. It might be the same for whoever faces the Flames. It, uh, they are looking very good. Yeah, it, it'll be, they will be a pain in the ass uh, to play in the playoffs. And I, I just, you know, they went out and I didn't even think they would need it as center. Uh, and then I, I was listening to, I think, 32 Thoughts, and Friedman said that they were interested in a center. And they went out and got Callie Yarncrook. And it, I think I sent it to you guys the other day. Their center depth is ridiculous. 
It's Elias Lindholm, uh, Sean Monahan, Kali Yarncrook, and Mikhail Blackland. They're just, I have daily face off, and then you have their wingers here Goudreau, Dubé, Coleman, Lucci's fourth line winger. He, he's found his role again. Um, Carpenter, Mangiapani, Kachuk, and Defoe. <laughs> I mean, even that bottom pairing of Zadorov and Goodbranson. Typically, you look at that and you're like, oh, that's egregious. But it's really found, a, like, it's really blemished under Daryl Sutter. Uh, and then 10 of Killing- Shillington, not Killington, doesn't make any sense how you pronounce it, but whatever. And then Hannafin Anderson has just been this darling of a pairing all year. And we all know what Jacob Markstrom's about. Yeah. I, I like Calgary. Even I, I, wonder, I said they just the playoffs, but we're looking over that. I, I wonder if they're gearing up to this is, a, this is the year. Because uh, you look at the contracts, you look at Matt Kachuk's up, RFA, arbitration eligible, and Johnny Goudreau. No, it won't be fun. And Johnny Goudreau's up at the end of this year, too. Like, I, I wonder if they see this as and Andrew Mangiapane. I, sorry, I had to. I don't want to forget about him either. But like, I wonder if at some point they're thinking this might be it and we need to either prove something. Or like, it's not. It's going to be an ugly summer. It is mm-hmm. a prove me year, I think, based on how they were the last year and a half before Daryl Sutter era returned. Um, they had to. They had to show that the guys they already had there, the guys they committed money towards, that they could turn things around there, and they didn't have to, you know, do a full rebuild or like a hurtful retool. There, they were able to add, and they were able to add the guys that they just fit. Interesting. Uh, Carolina have a bit of a quiet deadline. They bring in Max Domi for Aiden Rustchuk. I third round pits are 94th overall last year. I don't know much about him, but that's a Carolina. It's looked like they weren't going to do anything and they get Max Domi. Uh, the KK uh, extension was official today. So those guys reunite, but fine it's deadline the, for Carolina. The guys on TSM were kind of, they said, why is Carolina so quiet up front? Why haven't they added another forward? Um, I didn't see the need for Carolina to really add or bolster their top six or top nine. It's been pretty good um, because Kotkaniemi has not panned out as a top six forward yet. It's kind of helped Carolina's bottom six in a way. Um, I, look, I think, I think I, if anything, I thought that they would have added like a depth defense and something a little bit more beneficial to that bottom four. Um, but I like it. And the full three-way trade here, they announced it. Pegnata tweeted it 30 minutes ago. So Carolina got Domi from Columbus and Tyler Inamoto from Florida. Columbus got Aiden Hreshuk from Carolina and the Panthers received Igor Korshkov in the 2020. Igor Korshkov was from Carolina and the 2022 sixth round pick was from Columbus. Uh, so a bit confusing there, but that was the three-way trade. I like it for Carolina. Um, I didn't think they had to do anything crazy. Domi's going to flourish there. That's such a transition heavy system, a fast team. Um, and I think he's going to fit them very well. Um, I think, Domi was in a weird spot in Columbus, both with torts and just the way that team was constructed. But I think he'll be in a better surrounding. And um, we said before he wasn't great in the bubble in Montreal, but maybe um, under a different coach and a bit more of a uh, creative system, he can flourish. Mm-hmm. How many players do you see out of Montreal nowadays where you're like, I wonder how they would have been under Marty St. Louis? It's a yeah. blessing is a curse. Blessing yeah. and a curse sometimes with him. Yeah. Uh, Chicago. A pretty nice deadline, if you look at it all. Um, two firsts for Brandon Hagel, but it's Tampa, so you don't care. 
Um, oh, it's it's amazing. Chicago uh, end up they also sent out Mark Andre Fleury for conditional second. It's going to be a first if there was some playoff stuff in there. I'm not going to get the nitty gritty. Check out Cat Friendly. It's great. And then Boris Kachuk and Taylor Radish also there. Um, Taylor Radish went to high school with him. Of course, really? naturally, he was amazing at lacrosse, apparently, hmm. uh, like they all are. Oh. Um, what I really wanted to kind of mention in Chicago, Alex, I'm going to ask you this. Are you sort of upset that do you look at this as in, oh, God, the Leafs should have paid this price? Or do you think it was the trade sort of verbal agreement kind of cost the best Chicago get of Marc-Andre Fleury? Because on the surface, a conditional second kind of seems that's it. I mean, who knows? Yes, I, like I said, Mark Andre Fleury was the only goaltender the Leafs should have traded for. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't think there was any other goaltender that didn't come with the same issues that the current goaltending situation has. Um, would I have liked them to do that? Sure. But I think they spent the second round pick on the thing that I thought they needed the most, which was another top four defenseman. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's sure like they could have made the trade, but I think they made the right trade that suited the team. Fair enough. Uh, the Bruins just scored Tearface. Tearface. It may have been Marchand too. I'm gonna go cry about it. Um, put, yeah, I've, it was Brad. I've put money on the Bruins, so I kind of need them to win. Patrick, come on, come <laughs> on. I have a parlay going, so I need that to hit. <laughs> uh, we can also talk about here. As you know, we'll we'll wait till later to talk about Dubis' sort of comments about that Leafs trade that never happened. Uh, you guys have any other notes you want to talk about with Chicago? I think we, sorry if you heard my dog just rip there. Jesus Christ. Um, uh, Jonathan Taves doesn't know it's a rebuild yet. Guys. Oh my God. Oh man. That, what <laughs> Don't even get was, me started. The Hagel tree was unsettling. It was disappointing or something like that. Get like, out of there was a leak that said that if, if they if they rebuild and let's say Kane goes, if Kane goes, the brink it's likely going as well. Yeah, yeah I saw that too. Why? 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 No, do that. Don't do that. Yeah. As in, keep the brain cat. Forget yeah. about Kane. Yeah. We'll take him. We like short Kings in Montreal. We do. We do. We do. And we gave away that pick. So, <laughs> oh, Andrew, yeah. how are you? Oh, goodness gracious. Uh, Colorado. My goodness. Uh, did they load up? Josh Manson comes in. Nico Sturm comes in. Andrew Cog- Cogliano, who I forgot was in San Jose. I thought he was still in Dallas. And, uh, and they're cheery like it. Oh, it hurts. Oh, it hurts. Uh, but they have loaded up, and my goodness, do they look great. I really like, obviously, like, I thought the, honestly, I thought the price to pay for Manson was a tiny bit steep. I've looked at his analytics, and they haven't been the best. But then again, Colorado is such a wagon, so anyone can probably fit in well there. I remember Jack Johnson's first game, he had this yucky backhand goal. So yeah. Manson yeah. will be amazing. Um, I, I like the Lacken edition, obviously. Um, Again, two deadlines ago, there were rumors that he was going to go to Colorado because they had like Saka really likes him. Um, and that was before he sort of popped off, obviously, this year. Um, he's going to slot in on the third line with uh, Newhook and JT Kemper um, or Nico Sturm, depending on how they work that out. Um, but he will be confirmed playing on the third line. And if you look at Daily Faceoff, look, as much as Colorado is an insane team, their bottom six could use some help. And you're getting an elite third line winger um, who's having a. Um, a dominant two-way season, despite being on such an awful team, the way he generates plays, the way he pushes the play. He's an amazing, he's amazing defensively. He's the guy that elevates his game in the playoffs. And to have that on your bottom six to alleviate some of the stress from the top guys, I think it's, it's, it's a great addition. And 
Um, Manson helps the back end, and um, I had it here. Who was it? My computer's being really slow. Um, Sturman Cogliano, you can't really be too uh, too upset with that. Uh, I do think Joe Sackick did confirm that Lekkonen will at least be on the line with Alex Newhook. So, yeah, yeah you could probably guess that Sturm's going to be the center there. That is a pretty decent line. Yeah. Uh, we will talk more about Lekkonen later. I have tissues. Oh, my goodness. Uh, and people, go check out how Colorado announced the trade. And I've never seen Habs fans so supportive to another team in my entire life. Normally, they're very bad at going to other teams' replies. It was beautiful. It brought a tear to my eye looking at it. So, um, But Colorado, is it fair to say, gentlemen, Colorado, going into the deadline, I think it's fair to say they're the best team in the league. Maybe put Carolina there, who knows. Um, can we agree that Post deadline, here's a bit of a debate if you want to have it. Colorado is still the top of the league. I think they solidified a lot of things without, like, quote unquote, being fleeced by anything. I think we've mentioned it two weeks ago that they had so many of these assets, so many of these players ready to kind of take the next step that they were going to be controllable assets. Like, I think about Justin Barron. And I think I've also mentioned that, you know, in addition to that, they still have a Martin Kelt, they still have a Shane Bowers, all of these other guys that were in play that you could have used or like Drew Hellison, where he was a guy that was ready to sign and they maximized his value for Josh Manson in that way. Uh, Columbus, we don't need to talk about much. It was the Domi trade and that's it. I had them conserve the sellers. Plus it doesn't really feel like they're full tear it down. They're kind of weird like that, but yeah, I, I will say surprising Corpusalo was still there. The goalie market just seems so weird. This deadline, uh, Dallas bringing Scott Wedgwood, which was kind of funny. Uh, and then Vladislav Nemestikov, Mr. Deadline, the new, uh, the new Thomas Vanek, I like to say, uh, yeah. Is it a mistake that they didn't trade Klingberg? I think I know the answer, but. I don't, I don't think a team would pay. I don't, it's, no, I don't. I think that's not only really? a mistake. I don't. I don't think there was a market there. I think teams would pay. I thought it was quite obvious. Like the last week and a half, teams are willing to play pay pretty much whatever whatever the sellers want. Like I, I thought. I thought to me that was. I thought that's what they were. But again, I'm not surprised they didn't trade him. Uh, they seem to think they can make the playoffs. I guess that's up for debate. Um, but I, I still, I don't think. I don't think it was the, I think it was the right move to keep them. They're, they're five points back on Nashville um, for the fourth spot in the central uh, with a game in hand. Nashville has been somewhat inconsistent. Um, sorry, five points back on Nashville. Who's tied with Minnesota, actually 76 points, Colorado and St. Louis are up there. But, so it is possible. That's one of those where if the team starts playing well, cause they're kind of inconsistent again under, uh, under Rick, uh, Rick bonus. So if they start winning, you wish you kept him maybe go on a run because that's a depth, that's a depth team. That's not like a dominant, you know, they have a handful of elite players. That's a depth team. And we saw it when we went to the cup final uh, two years ago. So it makes sense that they didn't trade them, but yeah, like what Alex said, I think a team probably would have paid for that. But again, that's a hard deal to, uh, to sort out. I think if he would have gotten traded, it would have been up to the deadline and not the deadline day. I wonder if, if Haskin doesn't go down and if they are out of it, I wonder if Carolina sounded like that was a team that wanted to get them and they're not strangers to picking up big name D. So maybe I shouldn't call Brady Shea a big name D, but you know, they picked him up before they picked up Gardner at free agency. They're not afraid to do it. Another big name, um, Jake Gardner. 
Yeah, Jay Garden, big name, big a big name for the wrong reason sometimes. Poor guy. I hope his back's okay. Honestly, um, Detroit kind of quiet too. Man, is there a guy who you're just kind of waiting to be in the right situation and a competitive team to see what he's really about? Quite like Troy Stetcher, or is that just me? I'm waiting. I like Troy Stetcher. Troy Stetcher was really good in Vancouver, and it didn't make sense to have, that whole offseason from Benning was the worst thing I've ever seen. But letting Troy Stetcher walk, um, I think was was not the wisest, and he did well in Detroit. I didn't think there was a rush to to, to move him on Detroit. And I know he was injured, and his cap hit is not that's um, not the easiest to manage, I guess, but. I like that for LA. That's a Bergevin pickup, I think. A late pick. I know. And he's a good defenseman. Troy Center is very good. It's just, it's always like we saw him at the World Championships. I think last year he looked great. In Detroit, you're like, let's go. I saw some Detroit fans complaining about his ice time. I looked at this. I'm like, man, I am. I, I tell you, there has to be, there's going to be a smart organization. They're going to figure out Troy Stetcher eventually. But I felt bad for him. Beside that, it was Vancouver. They just didn't sign him. They he was it's playing just, so well. Like I then, thought he was a top four guy. And then Jim Benning, Jim Benning. Honestly, Harmon actually told us he he was at the very yeah. upset about all the moves they then he was really upset about Troy Stecker. Yeah. Um we look also, they uh they bring in a second, they get Oscar Sumpfus, they get Jake Wallman, who I don't know a ton about, uh, but they get all that for Nick Letty, which is you needed to get something for him. So <laughs> take advantage of the cap dump from the Islanders in the summer, and I think that's fine. The Edmonton Oilers. Oh, I'm going to be sad now because they took my other favorite half. <laughs> God damn it. They got Brett Kulak. I'm so sad. Oh, goodness. I hope 17's available because uh, who has 77 again on Edmonton? Uh, Clefbaum? Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't think they can give him Clefbaum. I know he's not playing, but um, what do they do? Do they bring in a goalie? No. Uh, they pay a second for Brett Kulak uh, and a fourth for Derek Broussard. Who is the perennial? Let's pick up a depth sentiment at the deadline. Um, Alex, I have a feeling you have something to say about this. So, what'd you make of the Oilers trade deadline? Um, I mean, like he fixed uh, an issue, I guess. Like, uh, I, I, it's hard for me to look at what he did at that, what Ken Holland did at the deadline, and then say it was a say it was a success because when he made the moves in the summer we all said it was bad. And then it turned out that, wow, what happens when McDavid and Dreisaitl don't perform, like don't perform to their top, top standards, things begin to fall apart, which is what happened. So again, like, yes, they made improvements. I guess they added a depth forward. They added a good defenseman, but that sh- this should have been addressed earlier. So to me, sure. They improved, but this is a, uh, this happened because they didn't do the right things in the summer. They also didn't get a goaltender. So when Miko Koskinen inevitably is burnt out by uh when do the playoffs start? May? Like end of April, probably yeah, early May. Yeah, that's what this yeah. The, the TSN chat, the, the TSN panel, Patrick, you would have seen this. There were some hot debate on goaltenders on that panel. Um and like Jamie McLennan made this sort of point. I, I know where he was coming from, but like having to make like a lateral move in Edmonton to get somebody the level of Mike Smith, but like the spanner in the work with Smith is his age. And he has been good this year. So maybe it's not really a lateral move, to be honest. But um, yeah, for me, I just, I like Brett Kulak. He might be their third best defenseman. 
I'm sure if you put them with like Joe, uh, not Joe Bouchard, sorry. If you put them with Evan Bouchard, uh, I think the panel were underselling him. And something else I wanted to mention that maybe gets you very upset on Saturday night. Um, I mistakenly watched the pregame on Sportsnet for the Ottawa game. And they were talking about Montreal. Naturally, they spoke about them for two minutes because it was the least wrong, obviously. And Rob McLean said this thing that really made me angry because Elliot was like, oh, here are the guys in play for Montreal uh, and all this. And just Rob McLean just made this thing of, oh, yeah, Brett Kulak will fetch a lot. And I nearly threw my controller at the TV. I'm like, do you even know who Brett Kulak is, dude? And he gets a second. So suck it, Ron. Um, I, yeah. I, sorry, go ahead, Patrick. Sorry. I, I, I like that. I like the Kulak edition. I don't like the deadline as a whole mm-hmm. uh, for the Oilers. Uh, Ken Holland has remarkably passed up every opportunity he's had to get a goalie. Uh, <laughs> he had the opportunity to draft one uh, just this year um, and he didn't. And again, he just, he seems to overlook it. Uh, and it's funny, you mentioned the TSN panel. They were saying that this is the most depth that the Oilers have had in the McDavid Dreisel era, which is true. But Where? that is so sad considering, I guess this is the, this is the best forward core they've had since in that time. But again, that was dismantled by Peter Shirelli. And if you look at what the Oilers would look like, if Peter Shirelli literally didn't touch them, it would be a, an elite team on, on probably on par with like Florida and them because it would still have all those amazing players. So um, I like the Kulak edition right now. The pairings are nurses paired with CC as a first pair. You have Keith Richard and Russell and well, Barry. Sorry, sorry to interrupt. Can you say that again? Uh, what? Looking at daily faceoff, it, Nurse and Cece is the first pair. Oh. Ethan Bouchard and then Russell and Barry. So, um, I'd argue because of the season that Barry's having under uh, analytically, that Brett Kulak could be their second best defenseman um, after Darnell Nurse, <laughs> who's, who's improved his defensive game actually a little bit. So, um, I tweeted that you could put bump Keith down because Keith is not very good. I would keep Russell and Barry together and put um, Kulak with Bouchard and then. If Nurse and CeCe's working, maybe, but you can also have Kulak play the right side because he has done that before and mm-hmm. put Kulak and Nurse together. Why not? Uh, try Russell and Bouchard and then Keith and Barry in some some combination. Um, I always thought Kulak would be a good fit in Edmonton. I just never thought Holland would be the guy to do it because he's more of a Drury, old school, you have to get tough. Um, and I thought he would have overpaid for Sherratt. But um, to, get a, to give a second, to get that top 4D, it, it's good. But again... You don't have a goalie. Smith and Koskinen are not good. Your bottom six still isn't good. Your top six isn't really that good with the exception of the big two. Um, Hyman slowed down. Kane's working, but Yamamoto, Puyarvi, um, Fogel, Ryan, Devin Shore, like all these guys have been very meh this year. So um, not really too, too uh, looking forward too much to what Edmonton's going to do. So we could confirm to, that the price was driven up to a second because Ken Holland probably saw Patrick's tweets on the past yeah. few days on Brett Kulak. I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. That and probably the Jeremy Lausanne deal and Montreal taking back. Actually, I don't know if they took back salary. Don't quote me on that. I think they did because it was to help make the – it was that or a part of it. Yeah, because I think they had to with like the Legacy and stuff. Oh, yeah, Montreal got William Legacy in the deal too, which is whatever. He's good at defense and it seems to be that's it. Um, but yeah, that was that was a that was a yeah. It's it's a disappointing one for Edmonton for sure, and uh, we'll we'll see what's going on there. Now we move on to a very fun team, the Florida Panthers. What have they brought in, Robert Hag? But that's you know, because it looks like Eggblad's out for the rest of the season, regular season. He should be back for the playoffs, coincidentally. Um, but what do they bring in? Ben Sherratt, 
and Claude Giroux. Now, our good friend, friend of the show, Alex Baumgartner, Five Reasons Sports, just uh, tweeted out the potential playoff lineup for the Florida Panthers. Verhage, Barkov, Giroux, Duclair, Bennett, Huberto, Marchment, Lundell, Reinhardt, Hornquist, Luster, Ryden, Lombard. Oh, my goodness. The defense, Ekblad, Uyghur, Montour, Sherratt, have fun, uh, Forsling, Gutas. And then in that, Bobrovsky, we'll see how he is in the playoffs and Spencer Knight is the backup. But holy crap, the Panthers. They also do not pick in the first round until 2025. But that's fine if they win. They made some moves. Like, it, they went in all in this year. <clears throat> this yeah, they this is the this is the year that they seem to think is is the year to go on and all in because if they don't and they don't do well it's going to be an issue because they don't they have no first round picks like they have the prospects i guess to they had the prospects to make these trades too um but man like good luck to them Man, they're a good team. Uh, what I really like about the Panthers is, again, I keep using this term, the arms race. I first off, I think they completely screwed the market by getting like paying as much as they did for Ben Chirot. I do like they held on the guys like Hippo Niemi in that. Uh, they didn't give up great prospects in that. Owen Tippett just seemed to just not line up with them as as uh, we talked about with Baumgartner. Um, and that, so I think it was the first round picks definitely hurt. What is it? You don't have a first since you back three years, but hell, you know what? Let's remember at least, I guess this is what's really important with the Panthers. Ekblad's locked up. They got a few more years with Uyghur. Uh, Huber, though, I'm sure they're going to get done. And Sasa Barkov is, you know, extended for eight years. So at least they have the core. It's just Zito has to continue to do the work he's done. You know, he's got to be smart in the later rounds and that, but um Man, it's if they don't win this year or next, though, it is gonna look kinda it's gonna look kind of silly. Um Patrick, tell me a bit about Giroux. I mean, everyone knows who Claude Giroux is, but I mean, just how like you think about how crazy they already are, and you look at Bar like Huber, though, especially this season offensively. Uh just how much more menacing do the Panthers look in the first round when Claude Giroux is there like, hi, how are you? I, I love it. Um, I think I really want Giroux to win, and people were saying you know, he was, he was committed to wanting to go to Florida as well. And I think everyone's like, well, he screwed over the flyers because he only wanted to go there. He wouldn't help them out and, and, and give them a better return. But look, the flyers never gave him a good team. So if, if he wants to say, you know what, screw this, I want to go to a team that's going to, you know, be good on paper and help. And I have a chance to win. I'm going to go there. And um, just his overall skill set compliments those guys really well. I don't think He'll be out of place at all. Giroux has been good as well. He, he never really fell off significantly. If you look at his point totals, he's just on like, if he's not over a point per game, he's almost a point per game. And um, that third line you mentioned as well, Marchment, Lundell, and I believe Reinhardt um, can do some damage, especially in the playoffs. You need to have a good bottom, uh, bottom nine, bottom six <clears throat> um, to be successful. So top to bottom, um, this team looks great. Ben, the Ben Sherratt trade, look, as much as I don't like Ben Sherratt, um, and he's not worth a, a first-round pick. Um, he can be good on a bottom pair, um, and he—you do need players like that in the playoffs who will cross-check you, who will box out. He's an excellent penalty killer, and also just having a guy to fall back on um, if maybe for a game you need someone to step into your top four or you need someone to stick up for you. You need that grit as well, um, and Ben Chirot provides that. He is 
Um, again, I don't know what constitutes a leader, but everyone in the locker room seemed to like him. So um, great work from Bill Zito. Um, I don't like the price to pay for Sherratt, but like to, to pay to overpay for Sherratt and then underpay for Giroux. Uh, one might go to the Hall of Fame. One is a bad defenseman. It's pretty insane. They didn't give up too much. I think uh, it's overall it's good work from Florida, and they're they're somehow more of a wagon than they already were. <clears throat> Let's say, Patrick, uh, if I was there, I'd shake your hand because I felt like we as Habs fans did a tremendous job pumping Ben Trout's tires this whole yeah. year. Yeah. Just see you photoshopping the J, the J Fresh tires and making him 100% war. <laughs> Just bravo, my friend. Bravo. I loved it. LA got Troy Stetcher. They sort of, it sounded like them and St. Louis were sort of in all these big names. It was like the D, and he just kept missing. I, I don't want to sound like I hate Bergevin, even though I do. Um, okay, Alex, I'll fix that in a second, unfortunately. Um, I just want to say this. Uh, it feels like LA have the assets to make a big move to improve their defense. And uh, kind of like another team in the past could have done in certain spots of their, their lineup. It's in the centerman. And uh, maybe I'm being a bit mean, but I, I don't like what LA did at one. Yeah, let me fix my mic. Sorry. Uh, I, I think I disagree, I disagree with that. Just because, like, I don't think this is the only year for them to to do something. Like, to me, if you look at LA, yes, okay, Anze Kopitar, Drew Doughty, they're there right now. You try to win every year with them. I just don't think you. It made sense for them to go out and pay uh, for a rental. Like, I, I think if you're going to add a guy on the left side, okay, cool. You have him for 20, 25 games, 30 games. Then you lose him at the end of the season. And now you're in the same position again. Because their left side, is it just going to magically get better? Like, I, the only player I look at to say, okay, this is the guy they should get is Jacob Chikorin. Let, um, yeah, let me, first off, does my mic sound better? Now? Yeah. Okay. Let me be more specific. I am disappointed that they did not do some sort of trade for Chickering because I feel like you could have made Gabe Rolardi a big part of it and you could have done. I'm not saying you trade Terracott or Byfield because they're even though Arizona would probably ask for that. I just think because it's not just that it's Phil Deneau is not a spring chicken there. Sure. See, the way I look at L.A. and I kind of look at this with Dallas, too, is they have all this young talent, but they're in a very messy situation because they have all these older guys making a lot of money. Like I look at like Jamie Ben, like my goodness, that contract just hurts me to look at uh, Tyler Sagan. Uh, he's just, the injuries have caught up to him, unfortunately. And I look at Kopitar and Dowdy too. And you know what, how is Dowdy going to look after this later injury? Maybe I'm just being too hard. Cause I have such an insane hatred for, for Mark Bergerman, but I just saw the, I get, yeah, maybe not a rental, but I'm just I'm just a little disappointed with LA because I thought they had the pieces to make a move. And uh, like, listen, you only have Kopitar at this level for so much longer. Yeah, for sure, a hundred percent. But again, like they could still make this move in the summer. Like it's not like it's uh, it's not like their prospects are are going to go away, right? And uh, I guess this year for them is up up in the air in terms of. Uh, in terms of the playoffs, like, yes, they might make the playoffs. They might not make the playoffs um, and they can make this deal again in the summer. And who knows? It might actually be cheaper because uh, now you have one less playoff run with Jacob Chikrin at uh, just under a shade of $5 million. So again, like I think even if you add him in the off season, 
three more years of Jacob Tricker. And I think it is to, for that defense core who, especially their left side is, is it's not as strong. I think that that'll be a perfect summer move for them and wouldn't be surprised if they made it. I think I didn't hate what they did, but they could have done more. But at the same time, I agree with both of you. Cause if you look at the standings, like look, LA is second in the Pacific right now. Um, they're about eight points behind Calgary. I don't think anyone's going to catch Calgary. Um, their forwards are not an issue at all. Um, Kopitar is under just under a point per game. Dano is having a fantastic season. Um, your third line, you have Velarde, Byfield, and uh, Rasmus Kupari. Um, defensively, I didn't. I think they expected Doughty to be back sooner. And then I think about just a week ago, or within the last week, they said it's longer than they expected. So right now, you have like Ali Mata and Jordan Spence and Edler, and I think obviously Setcher, if he's not paying on the third pair, on the second pair right now. Um, for LA. So that defense needs a lot of work. Um, I would have expected them to do something more. I think Stetcher fits that, but again, you have to look at like, I think you can move some prospects. I think, I think you can move a Turcotte, but you also have to look at the forwards. You have injuries to guys like um, Victor Arvidsson, um, Dustin Brown, Andreas Athanasiu, um, Tobias Bjornfot, um, Matt Roy, uh, Sean Walker, all these guys that are that can fill out your team are also injured. So maybe you're saying we're not going to go for it this year because those guys aren't even healthy yet. We'll see how it goes. If not, we'll go for it next year because Kopitar and all those guys are still good. They're still under contract at that point. Maybe you make that extra push. You move a first round pick and really try to go for it. I think it works either way. And I think if they win a couple rounds this year, fantastic. Um, And then those guys come back next year, they do it again, but you're right. You do want to win with, um, with Kopitar um, I think eventually they should commit to really, you know, giving up some guys. I think Turcotte um, is expendable. I don't think he's going to be better than Kopitar anytime soon. Dano is your two-way shutdown center. Um, and Byfield is that big fish who should eventually replace Kopitar. So I think Turcotte's the guy that's expendable. And they should look to move him eventually. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, just to move on here, just because uh, we are we're kind of close. I don't want to drag poor Patrick out here for two hours. Okay. Um, um, Minnesota. I think we were all kind of expecting that they, they needed, not expecting, they needed to make a big move with the way their cap's going to go. Um, I was not expecting Kapakakinen to be one of the guys who go out. Daniel, obviously, former hockey writers guy with the Minnesota Wild. I'm going to go to you here. Um, the guys they bring in, Tyson Jost, we know Nick Lador, Nick, Nicola Delorier, Jacob Middleton, I thought it was a bit of a surprise. Um, and Marc-Andre Fleury. The big guy, he's there, the big goalie, the guy everyone loves. Craig Leopold got the plane out to go get him, which I thought was funny. Uh, what'd you make of Minnesota's deadline, Dan? I think it was, um, I think for me, it was just what you said. It was they were going to have to find some sense of stability. They weren't going to go all out on this, but they were going to kind of bet on themselves to kind of work on what they had last year. So Marc-Andre Fleury, definitely an upgrade on there. Bill Guerin even said to Michael Russo a week ago that it will take him a lot to get rid of a first round pick. And he technically didn't because I don't know how the wild are going to be in the playoffs and the Jacob Middleton trade. I think that one was just a bit more of a, a replacement one because they've been lacking since they lost Carson Susie in the expansion draft. And they just had to replace that because they were always known for having that roll it out the three lines, um, solid defensive play. And, yeah, for Minnesota, I was just kind of shocked because th- all the talk was Cam Talbot is struggling and he's not living up to that three-year deal they gave him. And 
I expected that Capo Kalkinen was going to be the guy long term. They invested so much on him. They analyzed so much on him, like potentially being a number one, maybe later on. Um, and yeah, we'll just wait and see. I think that they just did what they need to stay with the cap and just try something. Um, the Tyson Jules thing, I, I'm a believer. I think that with the right minutes, he could actually become a solid top nine guy. Well, anything's sorry. No, I, I was, I was going to say anything's better than having Ryan Hartman as your first line center. Right. <laughs> That's yeah, that was weird. Uh, Ryan Hartman's had such a weird career, by the way. Can, can I say I did find the uh Capo Kokkinen trade like extremely weird? What extremely is, weird? I'm gonna double check Cam Talbot's contract because I'm wondering if maybe that had something to do with it. Because I don't know, maybe go with the younger guy. How old is Kakinen? Like 20, 24? 24. Oh. 24. Okay. Oh, I went to Minnesota by instinct. Anyway, I don't know. So uh, just quickly looking, Cam Talbot has this year and next year at three point six million. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's weird. But then there was all that speculation. Wasn't Kakinen exposed in the expansion draft, or am I getting? Yeah, that? yeah, he was. Yeah, ah, uh, maybe should have been a sign of things to come. I get. I just they have Jesper Wallstad coming. You need a guy in between. I just I don't think that guy is Cam Talbot. Unfortunately, yeah, it's like Flurry Talbot, thirty-seven and thirty-three. Yeah, well, it's weird. Um, it's it's a Kakinen was inconsistent a bit, but he fell off the past couple of weeks when Minnesota struggled. He still has like a nine ten save percentage. Like he's not it's not terrible. And I think goaltending is so voodoo, especially in the playoffs, where if you ride a hot goalie, Kakinen's young. He seems like a guy who can get hot at the right time. That seemed like a weird one to me. But again, Minnesota's cap situation is a little odd. So mm-hmm. it's one last thing. It's just it's pretty interesting because Bill Guerin's done this before, where he figures that there's like a change in the room and he has to do something about it. So Patrick mentioned the struggles there. And then last year where apparently he didn't like Ryan Donato's attitude and then like got whatever he could for him. So I guess that's just one example as well. Nice. The Montreal Canadians. Oh, oh, Patrick. Oh, Patrick. Okay. Out Tyler Toffoli earlier in the year, Brett Kulak, my boy. Uh, Archery Lekin in the Sweet Prince of Montreal. Oh, goodness. Oh, go in a cup, buddy. Game six, St. Jean-Baptiste Day. We'll remember you forever, my friend. Thank you for scoring the biggest goal in Montreal history, or, or since 1993. God bless you, Archery Lekin. I'll miss you. Uh, ben Chirot, Andrew Hammond, because they won't. It looks like Price is coming back soon. Great to see that. He's skating all the time, especially with the team in wearing skates. Uh, they want to give him another shot, so he goes to New Jersey. Anyway, they get Nate Schnarr. Like a 23-year-old, I don't know about him, much about him, but a second, a seventh, Justin Barrett, a second, uh, Tyler Pillick, whatever, uh, Yamil Haneman, Tosh Malaric, a first, another first, a fifth, and the fourth. Oh, 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 can't, can we just talk about that the entirety of Bergevin's tenure, he acquired one first-round pick. And he traded him two seconds later to, for Dvorak. <laughs> Exactly. And Ted Hughes (laughs) in a couple of months. I think this is the best deadline I've in my living history for the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah, I think, I think that's fair. I think, um, I don't know where to begin, to be honest. Um, The Sherratt one was the most exciting one for me, honestly. Oh yeah. The fact that they got that return, 
when I saw Smolanich, because they, they didn't announce the first yet, they said Smolanich, sorry, and a mid-round pick. And I thought, okay, maybe it's Smolanich a fourth in two seconds, maybe, whatever. And then they said, okay, 2023 first. So the deepest draft, the first-round pick, unprotected. Not going to be a top-ten pick, but still unprotected in the deepest draft we've had arguably since 2003. That's something. Um, Toffoli started it all. I was a little bit underwhelmed with the Toffoli return. A little bit. Um, but I don't hate it. Not enough. To, it wasn't like he got fleeced or anything like that. Um, but as far as today, um, I really like the Lechner return. I really like Justin Barron. Um, in that draft, that was the Gooley draft. That was 2020. Um, that was a very offensive forward heavy draft. Um, the D that were high end there. Um, not a lot of people thought that Gooley and Schneider should have gone as high as they did. Um I'm tired of the Gooley debate at this point, but a lot of people yeah. didn't have Justin Barron ahead of Gooley. Um, but they played together at the World Juniors. I think getting Justin Barron, that's a projected top four puck-moving defenseman who's big, he's offensive, um, he's overcome adversity, he's had some blood clots. But to get that, and um, it was uh, it was Barron in, a, what, a fourth, what was it? Uh, hold on. Barron in a 2024 second. Second, okay. To get, yeah, to get Barron in a second for a third liner um it's flawless stuff again kulak for a second we talked about it i thought theoretically because of what other defensemen who are worse than kulak got that he could have technically gotten a first not because he's worth that but you know what i mean um but again that's the way gms see it hammond i thought was nice because they knew that he'd get play he'd be able to play in new jersey and that's that's a gesture that i think um they players take note of um it was cool to have him in Montreal. He played very well, but yeah. um, uh, great deadline. You 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 cooped up some some picks, uh, some prospects. You got rid of guys who whose value would not be higher than they are now. I know people were hoping for a Petrie trade or maybe a Hoffman trade, but again, there's next year. There's the summer, and I think a lot of that heavyweight's going to be moved off. But um, no reason to be upset with this deadline from Hughes, and I'm I'm really happy. Just uh, I saw this little thing on Instagram from Jason. H. Marani, I'm not going to say that right. Um, this is just some of the, the prospects Montreal have on defense now. Uh, they have Matthias Norlander, Jordan Harris. It looks like he's supposed to sign, thank goodness. Uh, Romanov, Gouli, and Barron now. And then, you know, to say nothing of guys like Jane Struble and that. Uh, and there's another guy I'm purposely not naming in there. Um, but yeah, I, I, I love it. I absolutely love it. It was also nice of, to see Andrew Hammond's wife just being like, loved you, Montreal. Uh, obviously, Tyler Toffoli's wife, Kat, is very, very vocal on social media and talked about the loveliness of Montreal. So PR-wise, with the taxes and everything in Montreal, that stuff matters. So I was really like, like you, I, I was like, okay, that's good to see. That's very good to see. I, I just, you can talk about like the skating and I think something like with, with Smlarek, I I need I need to hear him pronounce his name for me to be able to do it properly. Hayneman, Baron, Smolonic, Smolonic, Smolonic or Smolonic. I've heard both. That, that there we go. Um, all those guys, you just you keep hearing for all of them speed, 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 uh, and that's just you can tell that's the identity of this team going forward. Gooley, I'm not gonna lie to you. I've only ever watched him play in the World Juniors. Something I've always read about him is he's a smooth skater. You love it. It's just, you love hearing uh, Hughes. You're just, I love you, man. I love you so much. Um, we talked a bit about Sherratt and that deal in our last episode, but I was screaming excitement uh, because I could not believe what happened. 
First off, I another gesture, by the way, if you guys have seen it, you probably did, Patrick. So Sherrod hasn't met up with the Panthers because they've been out west. So he's just been in Montreal, and they gave him one of the other sheets in Broussard to practice on. He has most his Habs gear, but he has a, a black jersey on, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, and he said some very, very nice things on his way out. He did the media availability with the, the Habs media, which he, like Tatar didn't do that when he left. It's It was a nice little thing to see. Um, also really heartbreaking to see Brendan Gallagher's Instagram post about a cherry Again, I won that thing where I'm supposed to be paintballing with the two of them. And I'd like to know who's replacing your cherry please send Caulfield if you want. Um, but, ah, uh, ah, uh, <laughs> what a deadline. Like, can I, I just want to forget the, the professional analysis here. This is, I love so happy. I love this team again. They're winning, maybe lose a bit more because they're too close to that game in hand over they Seattle. Deserve, they deserve to lose. But yeah, they, they do must-lose situations. They lost both to Seattle and both to Arizona, but let's tighten up here, boys. Let's tighten up. Uh, something from the Kent Hughes press conference I wanted to mention. Um, he sounded optimistic that Weber's contract is going to get dealt. I'm thinking Ottawa maybe at this point because I don't see uh, Arizona bringing in another one of those, but... Well, maybe who knows of Arizona? Who knows? Um, we'll see what they're like at free agency. Maybe if they just don't get enough players to come, maybe they go the Weber route, but uh, we'll see. Someone's um, got to sit in the stands, right? So, yeah, or the bleachers, whatever their people are. No, they're converted it, Alex. They're converting it. Oh, sure. <laughs> That's sure. awful, by the way. Interesting. Did you guys read um, the article I told you about? And Patrick, have you seen the new Katie Strang article on the Coyotes and how ASU is shaping up? They're, the logistics where they talk about facilities from dressing rooms and they may have to get these super long mats for players to walk on their skates and using golf carts. And oh my God, it is, it is, it is a must. Anyone listening, go check out Katie Strings article. Everything she writes is normally a banger, especially on Arizona and her newest piece. I, I'm in, I'm imploring you. I sent it to Baldwin. He loved it. It talks about how, how the sun devils are going to get priority on weekend games. It's- it, Over it, an it, NHL team. It's so interesting how not open the NHLPA has been about all of this. Like they they really should be. Like the only thing I've heard them actually talk about or ever mentioned is when it comes to like escrow and stuff like that, which continues to lead me to believe the NHLPA is not a players association. It's just they only get involved when money's involved. So the art, good job. You know, it's, it's funny. The article sort of talks about that. Like there's a quote of like a player talking about embarrassment, but I know what you mean publicly. We don't hear about it. Um, so it is a little weird. Uh, Nashville, Forsberg was not traded. It sounds like they're going to try maybe the rest of the season to try and get him on. Uh, fair enough. They bring in Jeremy Lozon for a second and uh, Alex Biega from the Leafs for future considerations. If any of you have anything to say about Nashville, I will be surprised. Um, I like the uh, post Nashville did about the future considerations. What did they say? Yes. Yeah, they think they, they think future considerations. Yeah, first time in Nashville. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love We're ready it. for the uh, banner. New Jersey, uh, Andrew Hammond. Um, I, I thought Damon Severson would have gotten dealt. He was um, on the tribute board, uh, top four defenseman. He's big, he shoots right. He was expected to get dealt. I thought I didn't think they'd be an active team, but I definitely thought him. Uh, Pavel Zaka was another guy yeah. who was expected to get moved. They were very quiet. Again, they don't need to move those guys, but 
I would have at least expected it. Um, I wanted to touch on Nate Schnarr because he went to Montreal. In uh, Marc-Antoine Gaudin's piece for The Athletic, um, one of the things he said is that uh, for Laval's AHL run, because they're expected they're having a pretty good season, yeah. he really wanted some depth to go down there, and Schnarr's a good AHL player, so um, getting that can help them out. But, um, yeah. Shout out to... Sorry, go ahead. Alex. No, I was going to say about Severson. Uh, Friedman last week or two days ago uh, said that uh, Severson wants to stay and is willing to resign. So, okay. my my, that's I imagine why. Nate Schnarr was, was the one of the pieces in the Taylor Hall trade, right? Yeah, was yeah. he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> good. Oh, goodness gracious. Uh, Subban doesn't get traded to Patrick. Just, just quickly before we keep going here. Um, because it's much more realistic for this to happen now that Bergevin's gone. Uh, would you like to see PK come back? Yeah. Okay. Think, good. Good. Yeah, good. I think he left. I think he left uh, of his heart in Montreal. I know it's a bit cheesy, but I genuinely believe that. Um, I also think his style of play, at the same time, is not sustainable over the course of a career. That say one that Shea Weber's is not to debate the trade, but um, Subban played a very specific and unique style of hockey that. Um, again, in a big market, Montreal flourished. Big market in Nashville, he flourished. New Jersey, I didn't really work out. I think if he comes back to Montreal, he's never going to be that player again. But I think he can he can be a good you know mentor for the guys and and, and bring fans and help market again. I, I would like to see it at a very low, very very low cap. That I think he can be good. It feels like every time you can get him in an ad about Montreal, he does it. Yeah, so you exactly. can you can tell the man. Um, we want him back. It yeah. would be, I've talked about maybe not all the time because I think both of these players have a tendency that sometimes they can get a little lost. Um, but like him and Romanov, there's a poetry compared to Markov and all that. That would lead just, I think it'd be really nice to have him back. I just, I feel like maybe he'd be a lot more embraced again. Uh, he deserves to finish his career in Montreal. Um, the Islanders, they extended Prise and Clutterbuck. I think it's fair to say a very disappointing. You wanted them to do anything this deadline. Instead, Lou Lamorello probably faxed over some tr- some some extensions on some old players. You, I, you I know why know. they didn't do anything though? Why? Too many people were talking about it. That's yeah. why. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell that, you about it. You're talking about Valrama. Right. You want to trade Zach Parise? No, not happening. It is such a it's in the media. thing to do because he's just bringing back all those guys again. And no, like for me, it's just okay. If this, if this was the Islanders of last year, I'm like, okay, that makes sense. But for now, what I'm feeling is just no matter what, no matter what's going on with the team for the season, he still, I guess, sticks to his guns and say, I'm bringing back my guys. Uh, and it's also, I'm looking at their cap friendly. It's such a weird way to figure out a trade because these guys either their cap hit is way too big or they have so much term on a very low cap hit and no one wants to commit that much term to a guy like Casey Sezikis is making two million for the next six years because Lou Lamorello loves just giving out term. Um the only one that I could have honestly you could have moved Zach Parise and get a depth center on your team. Why not? Um the other, only other one that I thought might have been moved was Scott Mayfield because he's a big defenseman. He shoots right. He's relatively well, young. I guess. He's 29, but um, and he's making 1.4 this year and next. Um, I don't know. It just seemed it just seemed weird. And I, I guess 
but Lou is a very odd and specific GM, but I think, um, I remember two weeks ago, there was talk about Varlamov, but yeah. again, it's Lou. What the Islanders are, unless they're going for it, they're not going to do a lot. It's, they're a weird team to gauge really. I, I just, I don't think Lou, just my opinion. I don't think Lou looks at this team and says, no, we're not contenders. I think the last two years they've made it to the final four. And I don't think this team is drastically different from those two years. Like they added, okay. The first year they added uh, Pajot last year, they added Palmieri. Yeah. They lost Jordan Eberle, but I just, I can't imagine losing. No offense to Jordan Eberle. I just can't imagine losing Jordan Eberle. All of a sudden takes you from a team that can make it to the final four to a team struggling to do anything. So I just don't, I think he's just looks at this team and says, well, we'll do run it again next year. And hopefully we don't play the first two months on the road. And it's a weird mix too, because you have a team that's built well for Barry Trotz's coaching style. Yeah. But you also have Matt Barzell who in a way is likely being held back because of Barry Trotz's coaching style. Um, again, I can see if, if things go south and continue to go. So I have a feeling that Barzal can get traded, but enough about the Islanders. They're boring and they're bad. <laughs> yeah, that, that, is, that is true. That, I didn't want to say anything, but I'm like, are we, we're putting this one's tiny out. Anyway, <laughs> uh, the Rangers, uh, I had them as conservative buyers and our, our good friend, Mike, uh, I don't think he hates what they did today. Uh, a lot of, a lot of picks, you know, conditional, I think a second, a conditional second, a third and some fourths. They just bring in some, some fine, some fine guys. We knew after the Sammy Blay injury, they were going to want to, sort of load up some wingers. They bring in Frank Vitrano, who I think scored uh, the other day. It may have been empty nether. Uh, Justin Braun on the back end. Tyler Mott, who I think everyone is always cheering for. Uh, and the big fish is Andrew Kopp. I don't hate what the Rangers did. Uh, it's just, it's really tough to really be like, ah, let's go Rangers when you look at Pittsburgh on the other end and then just bringing in Ricard Raquel to probably on the third line. We'll get to Pittsburgh. Um, I don't hate what the Rangers did. And you know what? There are, there are better prospects that he could have given up than Morgan Barron to be very yeah. so. I like yeah. them. I, I just think they had to load up depth wise. Like I, I just, I don't, I couldn't see them making that big a splash. And I think if you look at um, the performance of Igor Shosturkin this year, how many years are you going to get it this good? Like literally, I mean, literally this good. Of course, he's going to be an elite goaltender for probably the entire decade, but this is insane. So I think you have to add to this team to make a decent playoff run or at least be competitive. Like, yes, Pittsburgh's not going to be easy by far, but at least be competitive. I was kind of torn on it. To be honest, um, I think that with Justin Braun, Tyler Mott, those are perfectly fine. But I think with the Andrew Cop one, um, I think that they were, and I'm probably just being a bit too conservative with this, but it was just quite a few assets for a guy who's a UFA and for a Rangers team that I, I, I really felt that maybe in the offseason, that's when you assess, okay, this is what we actually have here. And then let's start adding more significant pieces. I know that. Alex kind of convinced me with a Shosturkin argument that, you know, you kind of have to bank on a type of star player playing at this level right now and see what you can do. But I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty conflicted still with what they were doing. 
I agree. I think it's go ahead. No, no, go, go ahead. Go, go, go. Okay. I think again, can Shesterkin sustain this over the next three years? Again, goaltending is the most random thing. You look at how Hallebuck was amazing and then he he fell off, and it's just it's so inconsistent. But Shesterkin looks like a like a the way that I can't really get over how well he's been playing. And I think at that point, why not add? They didn't, I don't think they overpaid, I guess is what I would say. They paid a decent amount to shore up their bottom six. Um, their defense is is fine, no issues there. Their top six is fine. Um, I think if they overpaid a lot for someone, um, then I might have an issue, but they didn't overpay too much to get Mott, who's good in your bottom six, to get cop, um, along with guys like excuse me, um, Goudreau and Heedle. Um, I think it's really good. This is a I know a lot of people are saying that the Rangers aren't quite there yet and they still have a couple more years, but why can't they be there yet? What, what, there's nothing on their roster that suggests that there are any gaping holes that they really need to just figure out. Um, I think it's good enough now. And then, again, if those guys want to resign, they can. And if they need to assess and add one big fish and subtract a couple ones, and they can do that as well. But um, I like the spot the Rangers are in, but just that division and who they're set to play, um, whether it's – Again, Pittsburgh, which will be tough. Carolina, which will be tough. Washington, I think, is the weaker link in this, which is weird to say. But um, all those teams are pretty solid. And I'm kind of surprised to see a lot of people on Twitter at least think that New York is not really the team. But they're second in the Metro. They got 85 points. Like, I think, again, Panarin, they just have too many guys where that division as a whole, it's just weird. Because I I honestly think any team can come out of that division, and I wouldn't be surprised. And why not add on a team that has – maybe a heart winner it's between him and that. So I don't know. <laughs> Here's the thing I look at and a couple of podcasts ago, I looked at the last decade of, uh, of Vesna winners. The highest is carry price of the 933. As of this recording, she's a 938. You have that. You have Chris Kreider scoring. He may score 50. Uh, excuse me. How many goalie blood sacrifices did he commit? I'd like to know. The, uh, the 2014 Stanley Cup for one of them. I, never, I, never I have to mention, if I mention Chris Kreider, uh, even though they probably weren't going to beat the Kings, we don't talk about that. Um, but uh, yeah, I agree. You look at the career, like the year that some of those guys are having, but even like next year, if Shesterkin's still above league average, um, and you know what, you, you kind of wait for Lafren- ah, Alexi Lafreniere and then Capo Caco, you're just waiting for them to pop. And then they're just going to be that much more scary. Uh, and then probably like Sammy Blay, you know, he's not Budzinevich, but Sammy Blay for the style they're going for. Uh, he'll be better, like, for that team. Just how did Subban not get suspended for that? Honestly. Okay. The Ottawa Senators are starting to develop a very... I'm very concerned about the pattern of behavior I'm starting to see from Ottawa. So they bring in Travis Hamannick for a third, which this is a guy who missed the start of the season. Some stuff about being vaccinated and all that. Um, he just, this isn't Travis Hamannick of a few years ago. I look at Zaitsev and I look at Artem Zub and I look at now you bring in Hamannick and I look at the future of defense. Montreal have made room for young defensemen and there's creating competition in the lineup and then there is just poor asset management. And there is blocking the way for the young guys for guys. I, I just, I'm pissed off at Ottawa's trade deadline. You know what I mean? I tried to defend the Derek Stefan deal. Um, the Ryan Callahan one was kind of like, what are you doing here? Uh, they couldn't get Nick Paul done. 
You couldn't figure out Nick Paul. Every year they have a UFA where it's like, ah, they can't agree on the money. And then they go out there and then you send them to Tampa Bay. Oh, I just, I, I, I am not happy with, 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 with the sense here. I like Matthew Joseph. Like I like them getting him, but I just, I look at the Hamnick deal and I think, why, what are you doing? It's not a monumental move, but it's just, it's all these little cracks with Ottawa. As the years go on, obviously I think, uh, you know, I, I look back at uh, the Carlson trade and and um, the Stone situation, just all, all not not necessarily the trades themselves, but the situation that Pierre Dorian was put in. Um, and, I, and I'm like, you know, I kind of feel bad. Like, you know, he's got to deal with Eugene Melnick. That's never easy. Um, so but now I'm starting to feel less bad. Like as the years goes on, I, I'm just, I'm starting to feel less and less bad. They also brought him Pierre Maguire. And I'm like, I, guys, <laughs> yeah. how am I supposed to feel bad? Like this, come on. No, no offense. I just, I, I don't feel bad anymore. And and I think I didn't really understand it. Like they had Michael Delzato in the AHL, literally over a point per game. Um, what, what on earth did you need Travis Hamannick for? This is, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I think David Savard just scored a shorthanded goal and I am absolutely mystified. Um, But just Alex, so many times you've tried to almost warn me about Ottawa and I'd be like, no, no, they're good. And I just, I just, I should, I should start listening to you. I I think the warning should have been when he said it, when Pierre Dorian said the rebuild is over. Yeah. That's bad. Yeah. Yeah. I had, well, I tweeted just a couple days ago because Montreal played Ottawa and I'm watching Ottawa and I have friends that are Sens fans who who believe that the rebuild was over simply because Dorian said it. And <laughs> there was nothing to suggest in their moves or in Dorian's history or Pierre Maguire's history that this team is good enough. Um, I don't want to rip on Ottawa, but they're not good enough and they won't be, I think, for a little bit. Sanderson's going to be a fantastic hockey player. I'm really excited for Jake Sanderson to come up. But they've made moves that have just been so backwards. Tyler Boucher, 10th overall, was someone who was projected to go mid-third round. And there were a lot of skilled guys they could have taken. Um, and you look at the makeup of that team, you have big money to Brady Kachuk. There's a significant chance that in five years, Brady Kachuk is not the best player on that team because Stutzla, Stan- Sanderson, um, Josh Norris, Drake Bathurst, and those are four players that could end up being better than Brady Kachuk. Maybe that's a hot take. I don't know. But the way this team is constructed, the way they talk about players, the moves they make, um, they haven't really gone to that next level. Um I don't know. And again, Pierre Maguire to the scouting department, drafting Tyler Boucher, like it's not good enough. And it doesn't make sense to say you can't figure out a deal with Nick Paul, get rid of that money and then commit that money to Travis Hamannick. It doesn't make any sense. Um, I don't think Ottawa is good. I don't think they're going to be good for a bit until they have new management. I know ownership's an issue, but ownership and management's an issue for that team. And I'm not expecting them to be good anytime soon. Just for some context on Nick Paul. So th- what I what I had read was Nick Paul wanted three million dollars for four years. The Ottawa Senators max offer was two hundred. Uh, was sorry, two million five hundred two point. My God, two and a half million dollars over four years. Are you is 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 the suggestion being made? that they didn't sign over $500,000 while half of Ottawa loves this guy. That sounds like an Ottawa thing to do. You know they I mean? did it with Mark yeah. Stone. <laughs> they should have. Because they ruined a guy it. Who like an RFA apparently has a great arbitration case. <laughs> so you're going to be forced to pay Matthew Joseph. 
Like, like what? It's just um, it was a funny thing for me because I'm um, Adam. When you mentioned how uh, you just don't know what's going on with the team, and you, know, you want some of the young guys to get more of the minutes, so you trade Zach Sanford, get an asset at least for that. But then, yeah, you get Travis Hamanick that puts on more money again, and then you get Zachary Sinishid for some reason, and I, I don't know you, and you give up a lower, like uh, you give up a higher pick in it, getting rid of Josh Brown. What happened to Eric Brandstrom? What happened? Remember the hype? Apparently he's not liked by the uh, the coaching. <laughs> Get rid yeah. of him. Get rid of him. What are you doing? Um, am I good to move on just because we, we, we are starting? Yeah, to... R- real quick. Cole Sillinger was the next pick. Oh. Wow. <laughs> and no. it, that, not like that was off the board, right? That was. Even, even Wallstead was predicted to go. Yeah, um, and again, Edmonton botched it. Minnesota took him, but take a goalie. Why not? They just they Patrick, messed it up. You do not know how much how much we've gone after Edmonton for that for that Edmonton after that Walster. <sighs> I wish I could talk. You know what I'm trying to say. Uh, day. That's why when you mentioned Walster earlier, I was like, he gets it. That's why we have you on because you're not. <laughs> um, are you feeling good? Just by the way, Patrick. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I have to take medicine shortly, but I'm okay. <laughs> okay, good, good, good. Uh, okay, so Philly. Uh, so Justin Braun is gone. Derek Broussard is gone. Uh, Claude Giroux is gone. Um, and they get some picks. They get a first in 2024. I think somebody said that is a 15-year-old right now uh, for your captain. And Owen Tippett, who I'm reading that some people aren't great fans of. Um, they were kind of, you know, um, handcuffed by the situation. Um there, okay, by the way, I meant to ask this earlier, but I, 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 want, I wanted to wait off a bit. Uh, Johnny Goudreau, uh, future Hab, uh, staying with Calgary or a overpaid flyer? I thought Kadri's the overpaid flyer. Sorry? Yeah, yeah. I think Kadri's the overpaid flyer. I agree. So. Why so. not both? <laughs> huh. Isn't, a, isn't Goudreau a good from point. Philly? Uh, yeah, he is. He, well, I mean, they do have an open checkbook. So yes. that yes. is a good point. No, I think trade Provorov. <laughs> yeah, I think Goudreau is. Uh, I think Goudreau stays in Calgary. I think they find a way. Because Ristolainen has that's his money already. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's bad. Yeah, they they saved money on Ristolainen. Remember, you took a pay cut, like a hundred oh, grand. Sure. Ooh, yeah, um, but I, I mean, what else were Philly gonna do? I guess I like that you got a a third for for Justin Braun. Very good. Is it me or was the price of this deadline a first or? Three seconds and a bunch of other later round picks, eh? Um, like the the people, the, the way people see this year's draft is kind of like I've never seen so many twenty three and twenty four two years in, in advance picks getting traded like this deadline eh? that stuck out to me a lot. Um, mm-hmm. Pittsburgh started the day with Nathan Beaulieu, and we were like, okay, Hasner and Xavier, we're like, yeah, he's a, he's there, all right. Um, and then all of a sudden they throw out Zach Castoris, Dominic Simon. Uh, I did not. I only put the, for the prospects first name, Cali. Don't know. Um, and a second round pick this year for Ricard Raquel. Probably going to slot on the third line because Kapanen just doesn't work for some no, apparently, reason. Um, they might put him with Malkin because they want to put Brian Rust back with Crosby. Uh, okay, never mind. Um, but I mean, uh, you got to love Pittsburgh. You knew Brian Burke denied it on TSN, and Duffy was like, Yeah, but you just said Hex Tall Zill and everything, which is kind of funny. But um, it just, uh, okay, actually, I want to ask you guys a quick stat. We're backtracking a bit. Patrick, you cannot answer this because if you watch the full TSN thing, you may know the answer to this. Pop quiz What player in the league this year has the most offsides? 
Take a wild guess. Ricard Raquel. Ricard Raquel, you're saying okay. Alex, who do you say? Um. Oh, Kasperi Kapanen. Uh, no, uh, Brady Kachuk. Apparently, oh. <laughs> he's at like 25. I don't know. I I, just, I heard that stat and the the brought for TSN, and uh, I thought it was interesting to mention. But Pittsburgh, um, man, it's just it's kind of like them, isn't it? To come out of nowhere and get one of the bigger names, and then there he goes. I hate it. I'd like to say they didn't give up Samuel Poulain or a first yeah. round pick. Weren't we so, all hoping? Yes. For the meme of the show. Um, but I mean, yeah, what, what else is there to say to Pittsburgh? Good for I just them. like to point out, um, I mentioned this to Alex in the tweet, yeah. but yeah. Brian Burke finally gets Ricard Raquel. Is that a thing? After trading the 30th pick and the 39th pick that became John Gibson for Tyler Biggs. Oh, yeah. I, I felt personally attacked after you said that tweet. <laughs> like I was in a meeting. I was telling on before I was in a meeting from one to like two fifteen, and just my phone for an hour and 15 minutes is just aggressively vibrating in my pocket. And what, like the first thing that popped up was you, you, you tagging me in that tweet. I just, I felt personally attacked. Daniel. I'll just say. Somebody retweeted the thing about John Gibson and the ducks made listen to him. I'm like, great. Can't wait to hear Leafs rumors for the entire summer. Uh, okay. Oh, I wish San Jose, uh, they move out Cogliano, who I again, forgot was a shark. Uh, Jake, Jacob Middleton, they get, a fifth and Kapokakinen and another fifth. Uh, they're keeping on the James Reimer. They didn't do much. And uh, I don't know what more the Sharks can do because they <laughs> everything is locked up. I'm pretty disappointed they didn't trade Reimer, actually. I felt like they could have gotten something for him. Toronto, yeah. for Alex's sake. Edmonton, <laughs> something. Uh, but yeah, anything to say on San Jose? They said they're going to ride with the three goalies once they're healthy. Because that works, doesn't it? Um, Okay. Seattle. Okay. People were very critical of their expansion draft, I think is fair. Um, Going out, Marcus Johansson, Mason Appleton, Jeremy Lozon, Callie Yoncroke, Colin Blackwell, Mark Giordano. Uh, They bring in Daniel Sprong and all the picks in the world. Alex is screen sharing enabled. Enabled. Should be. Okay. I just want to quickly get up cat friendly for all of you at home. Ladies and gentlemen, the Seattle Kraken have four. Let me do some math with my fingers. Uh, they have eight second round picks in the next three years. That is insane. I saw a stat that apparently over like, I think it's like the next two years, they have more draft picks than actual roster members, like roster players. I, I don't know when they play next and how they're going to feel the team, but I imagine their non-roster is going to be pretty empty. Uh, what do you guys make of, the Kraken's first trade deadline. Um, I, I guess considering all things, like I, I don't think this changes the fact that they could have done things much differently uh, towards the uh, looking at the expansion draft. But I think looking at how they handled the trade deadline, I think it went about as good as it can get. Fair enough. Yeah, they maximize their value with a lot of the UFAs, and they know they're not good for yeah. for a <laughs> well, while. Yeah. <laughs> They did, a, they did a good job to try and tank for last. Um, Patrick, anything you'd like to add? or Not much. I think, again, I agree with what um, Alex said. Like, It doesn't change that they kind of botched the, the initial expansion draft. But again, you're a team that you have um, Maddie Beniers coming up. It's sort of that weird middle ground where they, if they wanted to, they could have been much better this year. But also, they're not good enough with their young pieces to be really good. So getting getting picks, shipping out those old guys. Uh, it's it's fine, but I'm not expecting them to be good anytime soon, but at least you get some assets. 
Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. Uh, we move on from there and we go to the St. Louis Blues, who I swear were in on everyone and they leave the deadline with Nick Letty. Yeah. I, I don't know who Luke Witkowski is. Probably something to make the contracts work. Um, I don't think St. Louis. There are two teams I think left the trade deadline not happy with how it went. And I think one is St. Louis. I just, uh, it, it feels like Doug Armstrong was like, I want to do this, this, this. And it just never. I'm not saying Nick Letty's bad or anything, but um, yeah, I, I, I think it's a it's a poor deadline for the Blues. Um, anything else? Are we going to go straight to Tampa Bay? Go straight to Tampa. I don't think okay, we like yeah. uh, Okay, the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, yeah, they got Brandon Hagel and Nick Paul. Um, they're reworking their bottom six. It's sickening. I, um, I don't care. They gave up two seconds because it's Tampa Bay. Uh, who cares if they win the cup again, especially uh, what I want to talk about more actually with this in the Brandon Hagel trade is I should have put this under Toronto. So forgive me that I didn't really do it, um, but they are next on the list actually. So before I go into this, how are Tampa guys? <laughs> I mean, anything to add to Tampa Bay or they're freaking good. Yeah. They can, when you're going for a three peat, you can do whatever you want. You can give up five first. Doesn't matter. You're yeah. good enough. You're going to, you're going to go for a three peat, give up anything you want. And I think right. they did it. I like the Hagel pick. Um, okay. Yeah. Uh, so this is something Darren Drager tweeted out after the Brandon Hagel trade. Now we don't often get these what kind of almost happened trades, especially to this much detail. Uh, so he tweets, "Here's a deal that didn't happen: Chicago and Toronto discussed Brandon Hagel and Mark Andre Fleury to the Leafs for Mrazek, Matthew Knives, and first round picks. Never reached the stage where Fleury was asked to waive." Toronto declined based on the features involved. Toronto sees promise in Wall and Shalgren and most definitely Jack Campbell. And da, 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 da. anyway, anyway, anyway. Um, now, Kyle Dubas was not very happy about this conversation being out. He mentioned that in his press conference today. And then uh, Kyle Davidson said that he would uh, he would speak um, to Kyle Dubas about it. Um, Dubas didn't have a very happy press conference because obviously uh, the Leafs did lose. Is how was it? Hari Sateri? who is yeah. the Finnish goaltender for the Olympics that they brought in, um, eventually goes, um, gets waived, I think, from Arizona. So Montreal pass on him. They're messy with goalies right now. I don't know why Seattle didn't claim him, which is weird, but then Arizona pick him up, and that's not that's uh, pretty decent for them. Kind of a dumb rule. Anyway, though, Alex, I'll go to you here. Uh, in total, the Leafs, they bring in guys like Ilya Labushkin, Colin Blackwell, which was a sneaky good part of that trade, I thought. And the big fish is Mark Giordano. What do you think of the Leafs deadline overall? And if you want to get into the the Dreger stuff and all that, the floor is yours. Yeah. Can I say about the Dreger stuff? I saw some people complaining about Kyle Dubas's quote, not just the one I sent you, by the way, uh, Adam uh, and Daniel, but I, I would like to say it's crazy how the GM who worked under Lou Lamorello for four years, five years, um, doesn't like when things are leaked. It's, it's magical. It's magical. Um, but whatever, besides the point. And also learn context before you tweet something. Uh, I don't know if, like, everyone, I don't know if you saw the tweet about Dubis's quote about Salteri, but everyone left out the last part where he joked about it. Can we, like, are we kidding me? What was it? The like, it's a feather in our on, cap guys. that it's a what was it? Agent should be happy that their clients get so much exposure here. Uh, it's a feather in our cap that we have the most claims. I'm paraphrasing yeah, there, but Mark yeah. Masters literally wrote, he jokingly added that quote. 
And no one else, I didn't see a single other reporter do that, which I know exactly why they didn't add it, but that's besides the point. Um, no, I like the Mark Giordano pickup uh, just because I, I think you can't have Justin Hall in your top four. It, it, you, you can't. And when the, when the lineup is healthy, I think coming to the playoffs, assuming Sandine and Muzzin are back, you have a top four of something including the likes of Riley, Brody, Muzzin, Giordano, Sandy, and Labushkin. And I don't mind that at all. I think, I actually think that's better than last year's defense. Uh, I think it's fair, yeah. Like, I think Giordano is better than Hall was last year. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. think most, pe- most people would agree. But I, I the, the Blackwell edition, I, I texted, I texted Mike. I'm like, so what do I need to know about Blackwell? Just in case I was missing something. Uh, and other than the, you know, he's he's going to be an absolute spark plug in the bottom six. But he, if you know Mike, you know why this is funny. He yeah. made the comparison to Michael Bunting. So, um, so and a, he does not like Michael. Bunting. Yeah, like he does not like Michael Bunting. So I thought it was hilarious that he made that comparison. But yeah, um, but yeah, like. I think Dubis uh, and the rumors were that they wanted to shake up that fourth line. And, and I think they, they kind of did that in a way adding Blackwell and you kind of have no idea what that fourth line's going to look like. Yeah. I just, I don't think, I think a lot of people expected today to be a bigger day than it was. And I looked at all the deals that happened and I said, I don't think it was necessary for Toronto to make that move. Like I think their first line and their third line are fine. I think they know that. I think the only position that they really needed to fix that they didn't really touch was second line left wing. But keep going if you weren't. I mean, no, no, go, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, so before I hopped on, I was talking to my friend who's a Leafs fan. And we always yeah. talk um, about the Leafs because I think, honestly, if there's a team that I follow either unintentionally or intentionally more than one show, it is the Leafs because I'm aware of where I am in the program. Yeah. And, but, um, and maybe it's because I'm an outsider, but I always feel like there's a lot more uh, frustration among Leafs fans and media than I guess there really needs to be. And look, I said it even last deadline, like the Nick Foligno trade was not great, but whatever. Um, as far as this deadline, I don't think it's bad for Toronto. I think you look at what other other play, other teams paid for defensemen. Um, I don't think they fleece Seattle by any means to get Giordano. If anything, I think that's fair value for Giordano. Um, I think once the Sherratt trade happened, everyone was like, oh, they, they flee Seattle. No, that's a fair value trade. I think Giordano is relatively worth, he's worth that to an extent. I think to get Giordano and to get Blackwell um, along with Lubushkin earlier, I think that's very solid. Blackwood's totals in Seattle have been very, very good. Um, I think I had it here. He's up to like 17 points in 39 games. Seattle's been pretty bad, but again, for your bottom six, I think defense was an issue that needed to be addressed for Toronto personally more than, um, a top six winger is I think when you're investing all that money into those players you have, you can afford to have someone who's not necessarily a top six winger play in the top six, because if those guys are as good as their paycheck and as good as we've seen the regular season, it shouldn't matter who that second line left winger is. It's sort of like a Chris Kunitz in, in Pittsburgh situation. Anyone with Crosby can make it work. So anyone with Tavares, Matthews, Nylander, Marner should make it work. And whether that's an Azrazizi or Matthew Nyes, whoever that's going to be, I think it says something that Dubas didn't address it because 
if you're those players and you're Toronto and you see the success they have in the regular season, the onus is on them now. And the onus is also on the goaltender and the onus is also on the defense to be good enough. I don't know if you agree, Alex, I know you're the honorary, uh, you're the Leafs fan, but I think they needed a top six forward, but I don't think it's a mistake to not get one when your forwards are that good. And when there were more pressing issues, like in my opinion, defense and goaltending. Yeah, no, I hundred percent, I hundred percent agree. I I thought that, the top six forward was an absolute last need for the team. And I think, you know, we all look to me, we all look at the trade deadline and we've had or the NBA trade deadline. Sorry. And we've had the conversation on the podcast too, where it's like, well, NHL teams are so hamstrung by the salary cap and stuff. But like, now you look at today and there was all these trades that went down. And to me, I look at Toronto made pretty much did nothing. And I think that was the right move because there's a difference between making um, a trade that you don't necessarily have to make, but it's nice that you make and a reckless trade. Like you don't have to trade for every single guy out there that you don't have to be in on every single guy out there. Um, you, you do you, you do your due diligence, but you don't have to be in on Tyler Mott. You don't have to be in on insert blank name. I just think we get all we see everything that happens in all these other sports. And then we say, well, why wasn't Toronto in this? Why wasn't in New York in this? Why wasn't Montreal in this, for example? So I I think because, yes, it was a calmer deadline for the Leafs, but I think it was probably about as good as it should be because. Like you mentioned knees and Abruzzese, but I don't even think that's the guy who's going to be in the top six. I, I think that I think that should go to Alex Kerfoot. That was the him and Nylander were the only two guys that performed last year up, up front. were the only two guys who performed in the playoffs last year. Yep. I will die on that hill. Yeah. Um, and and look like why not give it to him? I don't care if they haven't looked good together right now. We know it works in the past. And why not? try it again one last thing i swear one last thing the goaltending i again i've said it i've been pretty i'll die on this hill too the only goaltender they should have traded for was mark um not giordano was mark andre Fleury. um i i don't think bringing any other goaltender actually solves the issue you're bringing in another guy was there another uh top tier goaltender that got traded this deadline no, I think it was. I think it was only just Kakin and Flurry overall. I can double check the one hundred names like, <laughs> trade being board that I like, put together. If you like, Alex. Yeah, go ahead. Like no one to me, no one of that caliber got traded. It's a lot of guys who, you know, there's still question marks surrounding them. Uh, sure, it would have been nice to bring in a third goaltender, other than having Eric Schalgren kind of there, and he's been fine. Um, but I, again, I do. Do I think Jack Campbell is an elite goaltender? No, I don't. But I do think Jack Campbell is a good goaltender. And I think if you look at what's happened over the last few months, I think there are reasons for his poor play. Again, there was no reason he should have been playing with an injured rib. I will die on that hill too. It was mm-hmm. ridiculous. You did it last year with Freddie and it bit you in the ass. So I don't understand why they did it this year, but I very much hope that um, Jack Campbell comes back and plays like Jack Campbell. Like it's to me, it's ridiculous that we're calling the Leafs or some people are calling the Leafs uh, a bad team where they've had below average goaltending for every month, except one. 
and they're still fifth in the league. Last time I checked, I, it might be different now because of games played, but like that's that to me, that's like crazy. Like I, yeah, I, I didn't think they were that good, but their goaltending, man, I just wish it was a little bit better. Okay. I'm going to ask just one more last thing on the Leafs here. Um, open sort of this quick discussion we can have here. Just um, is Peter Morazic going to be traded or will he be bought out when the summer comes around? Because I mean, I think he gets traded. I don't, I don't think, <clears throat> I think he's been okay. I thought he would, honestly, I thought he would have been given a longer leash uh, when he came back with Campbell's struggles. I think he's still capable uh, as a backup. I just think when Campbell sort of fell off and then I know he was injured for a little bit, I think he gets traded. I don't think, I don't think you buy him out. I think you, you give him actually, you give him a chance to see what he can do next season, depending on how Campbell and Calgary do. Obviously mm-hmm. I think goaltending will even out for Toronto. I think it's possible. Like I've been saying, and like we've seen every single year, goaltending is the most inconsistent and random thing. You get a hot goalie that can be Campbell. Um, he was hot up until the playoffs last year. And I thought he, I thought he was fine in the playoffs last year. Actually, he was not the issue. No, no, or um, from it actually, um, <laughs> he's struggling and that's fine. That happens to all goalies. Um, it'll just be, we'll just see who does it. But um, as far as Mrazic, I don't think he's bought out yet. I just think it's not looking great. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. If there's a team willing to trade for Mrazic where it doesn't involve a pick also going the other way, then you do it. But I just, I just don't like, I don't think he's it. He's, He's very much all over the place. And that is constantly an issue when like, if you look at the goaltenders who have played in behind the Leafs defense, every time it's a frantic goalie, it's always an issue. Like you go back to sparks, an issue, Mrazic, it's an issue, right? That's why, that's why I think he'll be bought out. If unless, unless a team's willing to take him without having a pick attached with it. That's just me. He's not traded by the draft. He's going to get bought out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I I really feel that. Yeah. Okay. Um, We will be back in a second. Uh, We're going to let Patrick go here. You have been a trooper, my friend. Um, Coming off of COVID, he has to mute his mic because he's not feeling well. Um, Thank you. Thank you very, very much for coming on, my friend. No problem. Um, And, you know, rest and feel better as soon as possible. eh? Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. And, uh, it's a pleasure, Alex. I'll uh, I'll see you in esports <laughs> <laughs> next week. Next week. Yeah, exactly. And uh, actually, one more thing before you go, link all your stuff quickly. Where to find you? Yeah, uh, I'm not actually actively writing for anyone anymore. I kind of took a break, um, but just Twitter, uh, Patrick E. Talon. Um, still kind of deciding what I'm going to do as I graduate. If I'm going to be writing, if I'm going to be doing podcasts, um, but all my Habs takes um, opinions and stuff. I tweet. Um, exclusively hockey i guess a couple of random stuff here and there but mostly hockey um at patrick e talent so again thanks a lot guys for having me i really appreciate it no worries and he is a great twitter follow by the way i can call <laughs> I, can, I can vote for that all right take it easy man i can all right lads uh just quickly uh, one more note on toronto i i forgot to sort of mm-hmm. ask here because it relates to the team we're talking about next in vancouver um note surely sands are going to miss travis dermott Getting a new chance in Vancouver. I'm sure Rachel Dory had a part in bringing him over. Yeah. I just seemed like a really cool guy off the ice and all that. Uh, and all that, but yeah. I, I, look it really got, okay, so you know, after the Nashville game, 
when oh yeah he how he was that, very like, open about yeah. you know it, it, it he's been living the five-year dream it's like oh, don't do this man don't do, we know that you're not gonna you know you're gonna get traded don't do this. yeah uh, you know what like obviously i i've travis dermott has had his uh rough patches in toronto i i i mean i'd have to go back but i don't think i've given him a lot of crap but um you know what like despite him getting a lot of crap uh he still loved being a maple leaf which i don't think many players can say and uh, i mean rightfully so like this fan base is not easy to deal with um so it, it was nice seeing him constantly wanting to be a leaf you don't really like you don't always see that especially with younger guys who don't always see that. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, and on top of that, Vancouver clear a bit of cap space with the Hammonick deal. He get a pick for it. I don't know if it's the exact same pick, but I'm assuming they flipped the pick to then get Travis Dermott. I they get so. a pick for Mott, but beside that, it's a very quiet deadline. Then maybe you assume guys like Garland and that are going to be summer moves. Did you, the fake, did you see the fake uh, sports net trade or sports center trade? No. It was uh, Connor Garland going to the Bruins for Jake DeBrusque, like a pro- like Fabian Lysel and a first round pick. I would have and I think, up. and a lot of people were liking it. I'm like, no, it's fake. I avoided all fake this year. Actually, I'm I'm wow. proud of how my Twitter handled me today. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vegas. Okay, so they hadn't done anything until this trade. Okay, so uh, remind me. So they trade to Donov in a second no. for John Moore. And the Ryan Kessler contract. Yeah. Yes. Mm, w- why? So more. L- how long is on the Kessler deal? Um, I think it's just this year. I think I believe this is his last yeah. year. Because I think, I think the LTIR like situation they have right now. I know there's two things they like. So I guess they expect Mark Stone to be there. Um, a second thing uh, before the playoffs. The second thing is I think, and it was just speculated. That the holdout on the trade was Dodonov didn't he didn't have Anaheim on a like for his like no trade clause like list yeah. he didn't have Anaheim as a preferred destination so probably a lot of convincing there to get him to commit they don't we know Vegas they don't have loyalty to players uh, and they, they didn't have space to do anything so I guess if this helps them out then yeah I don't know the exact logistics of it but maybe that's going to help them bring some guys yeah like Mark Stone or someone whoever it is back into their their fold before the playoffs because you know one bad stretch for the rest of the season they could miss I Which, refuse uh, to believe they're this bad I, I think I know everyone in like Buff. I know I know everyone in in Buffalo are, is eating this up, but I refuse yeah. to believe. You, this you know, that's a funny thing. What based on how their uh, record is going? What it's kind of like a reverse from 2018 until now. That is that is yeah. a very good point. <laughs> they went from like cup contender to uh, not making the playoffs. So if you think about it, um, I completely forgot the point I was actually going to make. Oh no, 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 I remember. Um, regardless, if they have a new coach, because if they fire the board or whatever. Uh, full training camp, all healthy again. Jack Eichel can really get acquainted into the system. They could come back and be rock stars next year, and no one would be surprised. So, can, can I be honest? I very much believe the team they currently have constructed is on paper because we haven't seen it in full force, but on paper is one of the best teams in the league. Like yeah. up there, yeah. I mean up there. Them or Colorado? We talked about last year. It was it was a big thing. Was Vegas or Colorado had to take the West? 
Um, and you could think, okay, maybe it's Vegas. And then they lost to Montreal, and they've been a mess this year. By Colorado are looking great in the regular season, but we still need one of them to really take that sort of uh, to, to win something of substance. So uh, in a way, even if it looks like Colorado are that big force, there is a way where the West is still sort of freakily still open in a way. Um, but we'll, we'll see what happens. Not to mention if Vegas makes some really reactionary moves in the offseason, if they do miss, uh, they're going to be interesting to watch. They're always an, a team to keep an eye on. Washington, though, Marcus Johansson is back, and they also bring in Johan Larson. Uh, Daniel Sprong is going the other way and some picks and all that. We didn't think that the Caps were going to do major surgery. Maybe, I think they were actually on a winning streak, and not to mention Anthony Mantha is back. They sure up their bottom six. We know Carl Haglin is hurt. Uh, it's a quiet deadline for the Caps where they didn't give up too much. Yeah. Keeping so, steady for another run, I guess. So Brian McClellan wasn't lying. No. No, no, he was not (laughs) just like uh, Ken Hughes. We're not trading a goalie. Yes, you are. You did. You did. Uh, We can finish off with Winnipeg. They get Mason Appleton back. Something we didn't talk about with Seattle. Uh, A lot of the guys they traded, they sent back to old teams, which is okay. Cool. Um, So Mason Appleton comes back. They get like Zach Sanford. Uh, The return, obviously, on Andrew Kopp. Uh, They trade the Brian Little contract. I mean, it's a fine little little deadline for Winnipeg. I don't think you can expect too much because I think all their work is going to be done in the offseason, kind of like what you see with guys in Montreal like Petrie or Hoffman, maybe even Dvorak. Um, but, I mean, they got assets for COP, which you can respect. Yeah, like yeah. They, they didn't do a whole lot. There wasn't much, I guess, for them to do now. Like, are you telling me you're going to trade Mark Shifley midseason? Is I thought they not- were going to – Sorry, go ahead, Dan. I thought they were going to get, they would have to give up more to get rid of the Brian Little contract because they only gave up a fourth. Uh, well, Arizona need it, right? There's not much, there's not much like the leverage that they held on Detroit with the Pavel Datsu thing. Not to mm-hmm. mention, I think it's a lot more common now when it's that's for the supply of like, instead of supply in this, you have all these teams that are like that. Maybe Arizona could have been a bit more cutthroat, but I think you can kind of accept it. I, isn't it not funny how last year the debate was do you protect? Mason Appleton or Andrew Cop, and it's just reverse. You lose Cop and bring Mason Appleton back. Yes. I just I thought that was a little neat thing. Oh. Okay, um, we're almost done here. We do yep. sound tired. There were some extensions. Jake DeBrus is extended for two more years. Doesn't mean he's going to stay in Boston. They want to keep him for this for the last two raw they may it's have. It's also cheaper than his qualifying offer. That's why, it, which is important. And there's yeah. cost control and a uh, team acquiring him. It's sort of what held up Brock Besser really. This he wasn't dealt, but uh, a team will know what they're getting. So more likely in the off season, might even get more for him. Antoine Forsberg is extended in Ottawa for a fine amount. I didn't mention that. Probably should have during Ottawa. I don't care. Uh, and Vegmelka also gets the extension in um, Arizona, which was fine. Um, I just want to say that before we get into the teams and the winners and the losers, I'd like to say that Kevin Weeks won the trade deadline with all of his breaking NHL fan videos. He's in the back of the studio. He's got a bucket on his head. Um, Kevin Weeks was the highlight of the trade deadline for me. Oh, yeah. No, the, the videos were were incredible. Like just hilarious. The way he became a meme was excellent. Where everyone was just like, I think there was like the map in Halo. There's like the next trade is going to be yes. here. He's on a yes. beach. It's just all this stuff. It was hilarious. So it was a Halo map. I was wondering, like that looks like Halo two or three there. But okay, that's mm-hmm. interesting. Um, okay, if we really look here, 
Uh, the hierarchy of the league, I mean, my goodness. It just feels like there's such a, a gap now from like in the in the West, like Calgary and and and, and Colorado are just these world beaters. And the Atlantic teams just got like like I think it's the move Tampa and Toronto made put them at a certain level, but the Panthers are just Yeah. Uh, it's 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 interesting to see. It's uh, I don't know exactly how this is going to shape up and how we go in the playoff series. We'll see how other new players should mesh in with their system. But right now, I mean, we can get into it. Um, your guys is winners and losers. I'm, I can't wait to see how many you have. I'll start with Alex, and then we'll go to Daniel. Let's do your winners of the deadline. Uh, so I have as my winners of the deadline. They're actually all uh. Sellers, actually, I I didn't realize Calgary we, we were going to include the Toffoli trade, but that's fine. I Calgary, I guess, yeah, yeah, that's fine. Um, so my winners, I have Anaheim, Chicago, Montreal, and Seattle. Fair enough. I think for obvious reasons. Yeah, they the sellers. The sellers just killed at this deadline. Uh, it's a buyer's what, market. Oh yeah, sure, <laughs> yeah. sure it is. Uh, thanks, second round pick for my boy. I miss you, Brett. <laughs> Miss your cherry, Dad. Who are your winners? Well, my winners are the Ducks, the yep. Avs, yep. the Habs, yep. the Panthers, mm-hmm. and the Leafs because they didn't give up a first. Uh, okay. So does that mean the Oilers were a winner because they didn't give up their first? Yeah, but they kept a well, second. They're just I, I think it's more they kept knives in that and they got defense rather than they didn't trade their first. Yeah. I think that's a little cheating, Daniel. I'm sorry. Um, my winners, I mean, you sort of really just talked about it there, guys. Um, obviously, bias. I love what Montreal did, and I like what Chicago got for what they got. Um, I'll say my biggest losers, though, are St. Louis because I just I think they wanted more and they just didn't get it. And I think now if there was a chance they could try and go up against Colorado, which was already going to be a stretch, I think they've just fallen that much more behind. Honorable mention, but they're a tier below winners from Minnesota because they got the goalie in that. They got some fine death pieces, but um, they're obviously, I see, I don't want to call them a winner because, yeah, it was a good move, but is it enough for Minnesota? That's the big question. I don't think we've ever seen so much of a load up for certain teams that deadline in a, in a long time, but. Yeah, there's a lot of middle ground, I find, with a lot of the teams that made moves this year. If we just sort of look at the standings quickly and we can finish off with this, right? And we just sort of look at, how we look at certain teams today. I don't think we really turn the book on. I don't know if any team has gotten, has changed their perception in the eyes of hockey fans, but it's just, they've souped that like Carolina, are they better today? Yeah, but how much, but they're still good. The Rangers have gotten deeper. The Penguins have gotten deeper. Like the Panthers have gotten deeper on defense and forward wise have gotten a supercharged talent in Claude Giroux. The the Tampa don't need to do that, but they've shored up their bottom six. The Leafs have strengthened their blue line. And let's not forget Giordano and, and Brody were a pair when Giordano won the Norris Trophy. Um, Boston suited up. They're going to be trying to push for third in the Atlantic. Washington are still kind of mad. They just have some better depth. And then Colorado have souped up. Maybe Minnesota are going to pass the Blues here. LA are just sort of there. Edmonton are just sort of there. Calgary are superstars. I think the real, like, if we look at the wild card race, Vancouver have gotten sort of worse, you can say, losing Tyler Mott, but is it that much of a difference maker? The Stars haven't really changed. Vegas haven't really changed. 
are Jeremy Lozon going to do much for Nashville in the grand scheme of things? The Oilers will be better partially, but really? I mean, it doesn't matter. Really? Their goaltending's not good. And then LA are just sort of there. So I put a thing in the dock about the hierarchy of the league, but I don't actually think it's changed. No, me neither. I, I don't think it's changed. No. Like, it's kind of the same. It's like the contenders added. Nobody made the significant shifts anywhere. And I think everyone's preparing for, based on how where the picks are going, based on what was traded, it's just, you know, let's wait and see and we'll bide our time. Four teams are picking in the first round in the next two years. Like Montreal, Anaheim, yeah, and Chicago have all the picks. It's um, <laughs> Seattle are going to be like half of the, the second round this next year. It's hilarious. Jeez. How, how many people could get fired this offseason? Like, I, I want to see if someone can calculate. I'll keep the dock around, but the assets given away for first round exits that could happen this year. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's how I'm going to remember this deadline is the prices were so jacked and the amount of picks given up. I don't think it was so much a prospect heavy, more maybe Montreal got a good number of prospects, but um, Wait, um, before the we pure go, amount I'll... of draft. Sorry, go on. Hmm? Oh, before we go, we... Oh, because none of us listed our losers of the. Oh, we will, we will get there. We, we will get, get there. there. Okay. Uh, you did remind me. Yeah. No. Okay. So I think I said mine was St. Louis and probably San Jose too. Um, Cause it was just meh. Uh, who are your guys' losers? I'll go the other way. Daniel, then Alex. Okay. I'm just going to list them because we kind of explained a lot when Patrick was here. Yeah. Um, so in order, it was Ottawa, St. Louis, Nashville, Arizona, Edmonton, and then the Rangers. You had. Sorry. Sorry say that one more time. I completely zoned out. Okay. It was Ottawa, St. Louis, Nashville, Arizona, Edmonton, and the Rangers. Fair enough. Uh, my 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 losers list was a lot shorter. I have uh, Ottawa and Edmonton. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, two Canadian teams that just didn't get their their, their wish. Uh, I knew you were going to say Edmonton, so I left them off of mine. Bad and I'm very. <laughs> Well, I just I don't think they did enough. Like I no, great. They, they added did, one they didn't. Like no. they added one defenseman and that's not gonna magically fix center. their problems. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um that is everything. Thank you for watching so much, everyone. Uh Kevin Weeks, my man. Congrats. You were the two on one podcast champion of the deadline overall. Uh, I, I don't know what else to say. I think the third period's about to start for the hub, so we can go watch that. That's nice. Um, I think it was a good day, good show, guys. Thank you for Patrick again for coming on. Yeah, it was fun. Um, editing note. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, hope you enjoy. Check out the show wherever. Check out all our stuff. I do the whole thing, but I can't. Um, and we will see you next time. I love you guys. <laughs>